You're listening to SBS News. That's something I suppose I was particularly interested in is how uh, the AFC Asian Cup would handle uh, the Palestinian issue. And I think it's worth um, remembering that uh, at one time, Israel was in the Asian Football Confederation after a lot of political tension, boycotts and so on. In the last century, uh, Israel moved to UEFA, moved to the European uh, Confederation. So that also for me has kind of highlighted the politics of football, politics of sport, uh, particularly you know, times of, of, of great tension and conflict as we are seeing today. Certainly the the host Qatar have announced uh, even before the tournament got underway that the ticket revenue would go towards facilitating aid in Gaza to support the Palestinians. How have you viewed uh, kind of those moves, um, that even though Israel is not a member of this federation, that there are oblique mentions and references to what's what's going on here? Well, yes, and sometimes not so um, oblique in, in, in the matches. For example, I mean, uh, somewhat ironically, the uh, the opening game involving the uh, Palestinian team was uh, was against Iran, and um, in that, I was reading some reports of that game. Iran won four one for the record. Uh, there were some protests in the fan zones uh, outside about the uh, situation in Palestine. There was some chanting in the crowd anti-Israel and pro-Palestine chanting, uh, and that involved Iranian supporters, Palestinian and Qatari, I understand. So it has been registering at the level of the uh, of the event itself. Uh, Qatar, of course, has been one of the uh, main players in trying to broker uh, truces and ceasefires and so on. Um, and there has been, I suppose, a suggestion that uh, this this event in Asia in particular is given, if, if any more was needed, even more prominence um, to the, uh, the, the Palestinian uh, tragedy and uh, as, as it's unfolding. That's not... Um an uncommon occurrence that uh, you know the fans in the in the stadium themselves would be chanting uh, uh, but there haven't been any incidents where anyone's had to be ejected uh, how do you see that the fact that there does seem to be the flags the chanting um a recognition uh, that uh, mm-hmm. a number of nations um who are who are watching and participating still feel very strongly about mm-hmm. uh, what's going on in the Gaza conflict well, yes, they do. And uh, I mean, as I understand it, um, uh, one of the chants, uh, apart from Palestine, Palestine, was death to Israel. And uh, there wasn't, uh, you can imagine how di- how difficult it would be to eject a large number of, of supporters who are, who are chanting um, in, in that way. And of course, the other major issue is the players themselves. Uh, we've seen in previous tournaments, including the FIFA World Cup in Qatar, the Men's uh, World Cup, uh, where uh, the wearing of uh, symbols of protest uh, was a matter of, uh, of some controversy. Um, in the England captain, uh, Harry Kane, was threatened with being booked uh, if he wore 
one love insignia for uh, supporting uh, LGBTIQ plus rights. So there is more than one you know, potential source of protest. And I've seen no sign as yet that the players have, have engaged in any kind of protest. And I wondered whether that would be the case, uh, as well as the fans. The players in particular are subject under FIFA's rules um, to quite severe penalties should they engage in, in, uh, in political protest. So it's something I think that we'll be, be watching closely. Palestine has had two games so far. It, um, it played against Iran, I say it lost. It then drew against uh, the UAE, United Arab Emirates, won all. Uh, on Tuesday of this week, it is playing Hong Kong. And there is a chance, uh, if it does well, that for the first time the Palestinian team will proceed, progress beyond the group stage. At that point, there'll be greater interest in the tournament and, uh, you know, we wonder what what further protests or expressions of of support for Palestine amongst the Arab nations in particular. There is far more sympathy for Palestine than there is for Israel, indeed, um, considerable hostility towards Israel and, and its Western allies. If we look at the the history, how how often has this issue of war and conflict uh, emerged as as a factor, and and has it spilled over in a way that that has been visible in terms of protesters or, or um, fans or athletes? Has it been a factor in previous Asian Cups? Well, yes, it has, and uh, and indeed, um, it it was uh, protests and boycotts and uh, and so on that led uh, to to the move of Israel. Um, to the uh, UEFA, the European Confederation, uh, because, yes, uh, previous um, AFC Asian Cups have been um, sites where uh, these tensions have have been played out. Um, And, I mean, it's not only, it doesn't only happen uh, in terms of of Asia, but, I mean, that's the the subject at the moment. But, uh, for example, uh, and when not just in football, but it has also been the case in football um, in Europe with the uh, the Ukraine Russia war uh, that's going on still at the moment, and there were a number of penalties have been uh, applied. Well, essentially uh, banning athletes, or I mean, as as we are seeing, for example, in the Currently in the Australian Open tennis, there's uh, if you're from Belarus or Russia, you're not prom- permitted to use any national emblem, and you're not uh, permitted to identify with that your nation of uh, of origin or birth. These issues are inevitably playing out across sport, not just in football, uh, in different continents, uh, because lamentably, uh, I mean, the war is a a major feature of of global life, and this is something that, of course, the Olympic uh, movement, the International Olympic Committee, has been interested in, with trying to uh, revive the Olympic truce when the first Olympics, the ancient Olympics, were held, and wars uh, in and around what is now Greece and its surrounding nations. The, the wars were suspended in order to permit the free passage of participating athletes. 
And uh, interestingly, the uh, International Olympic Committee has tried to revive the uh, concept of the Olympic truce. It is trying to install for the Paris 2024 Olympics, which are just around the corner. So it'll be uh, for someone like myself and for anybody interested in the politics of sport, it'll be fascinating to see whether um, the Olympic truce in in Paris 2024, whether that, that will have any purchase, whether there will be any cessation of hostilities uh, in deference to an Olympic truce. The Palestine team itself, Mohammed mm. Rashid has given a couple of interviews. He's kind of uh, made the observation that uh, the treatment of, you know, the Russia versus Ukraine issue, uh, we talked about the Olympics, we talked about the Oz Open, um, has been handled very differently from uh, this Gaza conflict. And he, he kind of used the word hypocrisy that, uh, you know, the sporting organisations aren't really treating this conflict in the, in the same way. What are your observations there, David, on on how those different conflicts have been uh, treated by by tournaments by uh, organizers i think he he's got a point i mean if you if you consider how the uh, how the com- the russia ukraine belarus conflict has been handled uh various sports you know um yes, as i mentioned banning athletes from some countries and and so on you know it's obviously a different kind of phenomenon that the Palestinian territories are within the nation state of uh, of Israel, and um, and one would hope at some point there will be a two a two state uh, solution, hopes for which seem to um, have faded somewhat. I think he uh, he has a point in that. Uh, I think there's an otherness about Palestinians that, particularly if you're talking. Uh, about the attitudes of, say, people in the West, uh, you know, in, in Europe, many European countries or in the United States, uh, I think a sense that, for example, the Ukrainians are more, you know, as leaders would say, they're more like us. It's the otherness of, of, of Palestinians because they're, you know, they're Middle Eastern people. Most of them are not like uh, Ukrainians, Christian-ish. They're not white. I think there is, there is, difficulty with some uh, world leaders and administrations having the same kind of sympathy um, for Palestinian people who are less like them than for some people who are more like them, such as the Ukrainians. Back to the Mohammed Rashid interview that I was listening Mm. to uh, uh, playing on the Palestine team. He was saying that, uh, yeah, they're very much cognizant of the impact of the war on the coaches, on the players, on their safety, on their loved ones, on their family. But certainly they're, they're very keen to use this Asian Cup tournament to do what Morocco did in the World Cup and really advance to a, a very high level in the, in the tournament in hopes that that might gain uh, more support internationally for, for statehood, uh, for recognition of what's going on with the war. What are your thoughts there, David, on the use of sporting tournaments and, and I guess, football uh, to, to kind of develop, uh, I guess, awareness of these other issues that are outside of the sporting field itself? Yeah, I mean, Palestinian coaches and players like Rashid, they kind of argue that that's all, as football players, this is pretty much all they've got. I have enormous admiration for them. I don't know how they can take the field of play try to concentrate on on a football game in the middle of all what is happening. But they see it as uh, part of 
advocating for their rights. You know, that's important. And, you know, it, 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 it can have some effect rippling, I think, through the culture and through politics. Could I just say on the Morocco issue, which you've raised, I was in France when Morocco played Fate France. I was in Montpellier in southern France. I was a visitor. I was at a conference and I was just walking the streets, just kind of taking the temperature as you do. And there was a lot of tension that night between many French fans, some French fans and some Moroccan fans. They're, they're all out in the street, you know, watching television screens and that kind of thing. There was tension. I went home back to my hotel because I could, I thought that it was going to get violent. Well, certainly that night there were riots and a young man was run over and killed in the square that I walked through that night. In some ways, sport can in some ways facilitate violence or antagonism that exists because of the there's deep antagonism around post-colonial uh, France and uh, in, with Algeria and Morocco and uh, and Libya and and North Africa. It's a two-sided coin. It's a sort of banal thing to say, but but sport is is neither the answer to peace entirely, uh, but nor is it, um, I think, entirely in some other space uh, where it can't be used positively in some contexts.